Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 222. Two, two. Yeah. 222. Yeah. It's a lot of episodes. That only happens one time. That is true. So we get to 333. Well. But it's not the same. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, every episode is unique. I always laugh at that. Like when somebody points out something about the date, like today is one, two, three or whatever. And it's like, this is the last time this will ever happen in history. And it's like, yeah, well, that's every date. Every date is literally is 100% unique. It will never happen. The best again. is when they get it wrong. You have to point it out. Anyways, that's a whole other story. Get what wrong? What are you talking no, because you see all the people are like, oh, it's such a great date. Look at the date. And then you're like, no, actually, it's that was yesterday. Ah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, what an awkward start to this episode. Yeah, wah, wah. What are we talking about today? Well, that is... <laughs> This is a rough one right now. Anyways, it's kind of weird because it's San, San Diego right now. I guess everything's just weird. It's been hailing where we're at, like, you know. Rain, wind. Yeah, the wind has been so bad here, um, especially a few days ago, up where we live, especially. Like, it destroyed my brother-in-law's chicken coop. Like, did I already mention this? No, you haven't talked it, about it, this. It ripped. We usually our, don't talk about this stuff. It started to rip the top off of the shed where I keep a lot of my stuff, including some eBay stuff. Yeah. Uh, t- destroyed my fence. And so, yeah, raining, windy. And so garage sales. Yeah, that wasn't really a thing recently. But uh, yeah, it's been, it hasn't a, it's been, been a, a weird thing. week. It hasn't been a thing for like two, three months. True. It's been kind of rough. And, and you know, talking about rain today, I was, I, was, uh, I taught my once a week class and I always keep all the doors open. And just because of the COVID stuff. Man, it was it was probably I would say like forty two degrees with wind gushing, wind blowing through my classroom. There's with pe- rain. There's people all across the country going. Well, oh, that sounds like a nice warm spring that is, day. That, no, that is true. That is true. Because when I lived in Wisconsin, I remember during the winter months. Once it got to even like let's say like in the teens at times or in the twenties, it was it was like t shirt and shorts weather. It's crazy. I mean, you still wore shoes though. You didn't wear sandals, so. All right. Hey, uh, so this is a long anticipated. I know everybody's been waiting for this episode. Not really, but I've been waiting to talk about this because I always like reflecting on Q4 because it always helps me personally a year from now when I go not a year from now, but about nine months from now and go, hey, I wonder what I talked about was good about last Q4 so I can implement it in the upcoming Q4. And every Q4 is different. This Q4 is it's kind of a hard one to gauge because I don't know if we're ever going to have a Q4 like this again. Right? We're talking about Q4 during the pandemic which meant the best Q4 we've ever had which if you're around what well, we all were around <laughs> in March you would have been like there's no way we're going to have, you know, an unbelievable Q4, but it was. Uh, I actually doubled almost doubled 75% more in sales this year than in the previous year. Right. Which is kind of kind of crazy. I didn't think it, it'd go like that. So uh, I thought we'd talk about we always try to title this, but I titled it Losses, Wins and Lessons Learned of Q4. All right. But even even losses can be lessons learned. Right. That's true. But I was trying to I was trying to break it into three. So, gotcha. you know, gotcha. that was my thing. So uh, I, and then we got hustles of the week. We got some hustles, hustles of the week in between. So let's talk about first. Let's talk about lost time. Did you lose time in Q4? Um. Probably not as much as I would have um, if I really took the Q4 like RA seriously. This is my first Q4 since reselling where I didn't really do a lot of RA. Um, I, I just didn't wasn't didn't work with my schedule and stuff. But part of the the thing with time, even with this, is a lot of stores were doing limited people could come in, limited hours. Yes, and so I could certainly see how you could lose some time. Um, trying to do those kinds of shopping or even time if you're doing online arbitrage. There were some things we did, some online arbitrage. 
and shipments would be delayed. And by the time you get them, you know, those prices tank a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there was definitely some loss of time there, uh, shipping both directions, right? Getting stuff shipped to you and shipping stuff out, uh, losing time with that longer lines at the post office. All the messages you had to answer. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the, the reason I brought this up was because again, like you said, lessons learned, right? And so early in Q4, I was still going to stores, especially like the retail store that shall not be named that you shoot things at, uh, Walmart and other stores. Did you get that one? Did you catch that? Yeah, I think that was your way of saying Target, but yes. that might have come across slightly aggressive. We're gonna get demonetized on YouTube <laughs> no. for that. Just for we're talking that. about we're talking about uh, practicing with an arrow, <laughs> with an yes, with an arrow, but even a Nerf gun. Yeah, Nerf gun. No, a, a Nerf dart gun. Yes. Okay. All right. So I don't even think you could say Nerf gun anymore. It's uh, who knows, who knows. All right. So you know, I was losing a lot of time. This is why I was losing a lot of time. Is I was not make an effective use of the drive up. Mm. So I remember back in October, November, I was seeing the drive up and I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if I want to do that. And then once I did a route one time and I hit 20 targets and I never had to get out of my car once all the time I saved and they were fast. Like you literally, you could tell them you're arriving when you get into the parking lot. And then when you park, they already have everything prepped. And so when you hit, I'm here, I'm serious. It was probably within a minute, probably the longest I ever waited was maybe five minutes. Mm. And it was no questions asked. I slid open my cargo van door and usually I get the like, oh, so are you going to donate these or these gifts, whatever? It didn't matter. And again, I didn't have to deal with the hassle of management, you know, questioning like, oh, is this for resale? I don't know if I can sell you this. There's a selling limit. Like it was it was great. So a lot of time lost in the beginning, a lot of time saved at the end. Were you able to use your reseller permit for those purchases? Not at that store. Okay. I mean, at Walmart, now Walmart doesn't give you seller, like you have to apply for a seller permit through Walmart. Like you can use your seller permit to get some card and then it's really easy with Walmart. Uh, but all the other stores. So I did lose time at the TJ Maxx, the Marshalls, and those stores because every time you go to those stores, you have to present a seller's permit. And usually you get an associate that has no idea what you're talking about. Mm. But this is what, where I learned uh, how to save time too. I actually had a gal who had the screen facing me. And I said, hey, can you show me the process that you do when you do a seller's permit? Mm. And she showed me. So every store I went to, I said, hey, listen, I'll, I'll help you out. The manager's like, I don't even know how to do this. I get Trust me, if I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job, but if this doesn't work, then, you know, forget what I said. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. I've had to do that, not with uh, a reseller permit, but uh, I always order soda water when I go places. And uh, we go to Cane's a lot for my wife and she loves it. And we always order soda water. And every time they're like, oh, I don't know if we have that. And it's like, yes, you do. We get it every time. And yeah, eventually one time we had to say to somebody who knew what they were doing, okay, I'll put that in. What did you push on that on that on your little pad there so that we could tell the next person? But yeah, yeah sometimes you have to teach the uh, the people there, uh, and then yeah, you can save some time doing that if you're familiar with the process and they don't have to call a manager out and figure it out. Yeah, it was really easy. So I just go modify tax, hit exempt tax. You may give me my phone number. Don't enter anything else. Just hit process. I should pop up there like ten times. Then they hit it, and then you know, then select and continue. Da da da, and it was done. I mean, it's a good thing it's a legit thing you're doing with that and not like, here, let me show you how to do this. And you're just like, well, you know, what? You, I kinda, you know, I don't know if you've seen this on TikTok, but there's that famous TikTok right now. It's like 
uh, share share with me something that feels like it's illegal, uh, that is illegal, but is actually legal. I don't know if you've seen that one. And then it's a stitch. And I, I feel like there's no checks and balances when it comes to solar permit. I'm not asking for it. We're not big enough that I don't think this is going to, you know, tickle the ears of Governor Newsom. But it's just kind of interesting, right? Because I look at me. I mean, would you trust a dude like me that walked in the store and told you to press these hey, buttons? if you've got the paperwork... That is, that is true. That is true. If you're confident, if you tell them, if, if, if you say oh, here, it, you tell them. Here's the other go. way I saved time, too. So I used to get into these arguments all the time in stores because I used to have my seller's permit on my and my PDF on my phone. And probably half the stores are fine. And other stores are like, no, sir, we can't accept that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, can I talk to your managers? And I had to wait for the manager. And the manager had to come out. Then I had to convince the manager that a PDF is not the same as a screenshot. A PDF is actually a form. Now, you could turn a screenshot into PDF if you're savvy or if you just know what you're doing. So this time, I actually had 200 photocopies in my van. Mm. And some stores kept it. Some stores asked it. But again, I saved the time and hassle. So even now, even though you may not be in Q4 mode and you're still doing retail arbitrage, that's one more way, especially in California, to save time. Because in California, it depends what stores you go to. Some stores actually make you fill out a form on top of the seller's permit. Then they photocopy both of those. Then they photocopy your driver's license and they staple it all together. It's pretty crazy. So, yeah, it did lose a lot of time. The, the, the COVID thing, you know, hopefully those of you that were not in California were able to take advantage of the fact that you could just walk in a store. Here, some stores, I had to wait 20, 30 minutes at times to walk into a store. So... Lost a lot of time. And the other two is uh, I, I didn't plan as well in the beginning. So I didn't plan my right, routes well. So or I didn't call stores ahead. So I'd show up and I'd lose like an hour or two at a time driving a couple stores and there was nothing there. So not that it's always a guarantee, but you definitely want to save your time. All right. Here's where I, I lost money. Have you ever bought something thinking it's going to make money eventually? I mean, we all do that. but Oh, yeah. And, and this happened a lot in Q4. Did you uh did you go after the No, not, not 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 a lot. No, so let me rephrase that. The chasing sales happened a lot in the beginning. The pre-orders. So I had some pre-orders. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Well, no, I was saying, like, did you go after like the hot buys, like the the finger links? So no, I didn't do that. So that's gonna be one of the wins. I, I did not chase any hot buys, but I did have, you know, somebody said, Hey, you know, you should buy some Mandalorian Monopoly. I'm sure it's gonna be a hot seller because Mandalorian's great. So I ordered these and I think I ordered them in April. Ooh, that's way early. Well, and which is okay if it's like low cost, but I ordered, luckily I only ordered like 25 of them. Yeah, they they were fully stocked when Christmas came. There was no shortage. And I think there's, I, I think I'm still selling them. Mm. I'm not sure. I haven't looked in a little bit. But, you know, there were a lot of pre-orders that I was anticipating that I was going to make money on things. And... I've shared before in Q4, like that is that is just not the way to do it. Like you never you never want to pre-order stuff or buy stuff going, hey, you know, I don't know if there's anything that shows me that this is going to go up in value, but it's kind of popular. So I kind of have a hunch that that's going to happen. Like that's just that's just a bad call. And so I only did that twice. I had two items. Mandalorian Monopoly was one of them where I did that. And I was kind of like, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. No, I did lose. I mean, that's $500 I lost right in that order because I think 25, I think they're going for 20. So yeah, it's about $500 or so. So, but Q4, it's expected to have lost. So this year, 
I'm actually not gonna pre. I'm not gonna pre-order anything unless you know it's it is. No, I'm still not. I don't think I'm going to. And so I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Some cook groups are very good about you know doing those pre-orders and and coming up with stuff that they know is gonna be hot and they hold it and it's hot. The other thing is I I chase those. Do you ever go? Did you ever go to those like uh, Target ones where it's like buy two get one free or spend a hundred get twenty five off? Um. Yeah. Yeah, and did they pan out? Um, I don't know. Usually not. <laughs> right. So, so here, here's the thing. You got to remember when it's Q4 that everyone is looking for the deals, right? And so if it's a big box store that is nationwide and they're offering the same sale to everyone, unless you know exact items that are immediately going to be profit, it's very hard to do that speculation and and use that coupon and bu- you may be buying the same thing as everyone else, right? And so so this year for example, you know, I would buy stuff I'd say, "Hey, you know what? If I buy, you know, I buy two of these, one is free, I'm already going to be in the profit because one is free." The problem was about 200 other people were doing the same thing. Right. So, for example, I had this um, there was like this Jurassic Park. I forget what it was. And, and I'm just throwing these out there because these aren't bolos. It was the Jurassic, uh, not Jurassic Park. It's the new series on Netflix, whatever. But they had a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And at one time it was selling for sixty seven dollars on Amazon and you could buy it at Target for about thirty three dollars. And if you bought two, got one free. It's not bad. Right. You're guaranteed profit on the one that you got free and you're guaranteed profit on the other two. Well, what ended up happening is over a hundred people thought the same thing. And then those hundred people bought those, they sent them all into Amazon and then the race to the bottom happened. And so I think I was only able to sell them for $45 a piece. So I still ended up in the profit because of that one free one. And the ones that I bought at 33 a piece, which I think, I don't even think I made profit on those. I think it was just down that one. Yeah. You broke even on those. Yeah. That's a hard part with those kinds of specials, especially if it's very specific to a certain item or type of item is it's like when something goes on clearance. They tend to go on clearance nationwide or at least in a region. And so, yeah, it's a great deal where there's profit on, but if everybody's picking those up or taking advantage of that same deal, you're you're kind of in a bad position. I mean, I almost did a pre-order and I didn't look at the numbers to see how profitable it would have been, but I almost did a pre-order on um, Magic the Gathering was releasing a special set that included uh, land cards, which are a certain type of cards, which were made from paintings of Bob, Bob Ross um, landscapes. <laughs> really? And so it was like a, it was like a thing that they were advertising. Okay. And uh, so I almost pre-ordered a bunch of them and I decided not to do it. And now looking back, I think I probably could have made, it doesn't seem like much, but maybe five or $10 each, but it would have been like a 40 or $50 investment on each set. And so I'm kind of glad that I didn't do it. Um, maybe they'll go up in value. I might look back a year from now and say, "Man, I should have, I should have got those." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I was, I was this close because I'm like, "Ooh, these are going to end up being very, very sought after." But again, I think everybody thought the same thing because it was advertised, pre-order special. You can get these, and so so many people got them. All of the people who really wanted them got them right away, and all the resellers jumped on it. So then, as time goes, and the people who are kind of interested are, are looking at getting it there's enough people reselling them, right? So the profit just isn't there. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's not a good thing to take advantage of those deals. Like at that time, if there's a hot item that you can sell merch and fulfilled at the time and you're going to make instant profit, then it's worth it to you. But remember, time is your enemy, right? So if, if you're doing FBA, right, that that's what hurt me is I, I was like, I don't want to pack these dinosaurs. Like it was, it was pretty annoying. 
because uh, they weren't they didn't fit nice into a box. I would have had to buy specialized boxes, which cuts into my profit. And so I sent it FBA. And over that time, I ended up losing the ability to make profit on those. All right. And the next one is not sourcing earlier. Ooh, I thought you were going to do the one that you uh, had above that. Oh, not having a team. Yeah. And okay. I was going to say I have a solution for that. Since right. I don't do um, Amazon yeah. until I get into Amazon, yeah. you should just have me do uh, local pickups for uh, my wife. She's home. You're right. So I could. I trust you guys. Well, I mean, if you, if you have a team, you're going to have to trust them anyways. But if we're gated yeah, in those but I, areas. But I trust you more than a team. Well, true, true. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Since I, I'm gated in those categories and I can't sell those items anyways, you know, might as well uh, pick them up when we see them for you at Target or Walmart or wherever. Yeah. And this is something I had talked, you know, Mike and I had talked about before. I, I was strongly considering having a team. Now, I do have a helper now, which came at the end of Q4, which kind of surprised me. Uh, it was somebody I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting to get a helper and, and somebody came through and now I have somebody that's consistently listed on eBay. I definitely do believe this person will be part of whatever my Amazon team this next Q4. I'm probably going to hire two or three people. Uh, just cause I, this year I did feel I was losing time. I mean, I had that big cargo van and what could I had? I could have had that team is, you know, while I left for two or three days, I could have dropped off a bunch of merch and just said, Hey, has this all processed, have this in all boxes. And when I get back, I can ship this out, you know, instead of having to stall leaving my home so I can get these boxes out. Mm. Right. I could have, and, or I could have teams picking up merch. The teams picking up merch is a harder one for me. But I mean, if you have them already packaging and listing, they know what you're selling, yeah. right? So one nice thing about having having a team picking up for you, especially if you have them in different locations, let's say you have somebody Northern California, um, you can give them a list of things. And then when you do your three-day trip, just make it a little further, pick up whatever they pick yeah. up and then yeah, head true. back, you know? So um, especially because uh, again, you're, you're when you're buying things that aren't, especially if you pick a team who aren't necessarily like resellers, yeah. but you know, they're friends or family. And this might be just a tip to use for other people too, is... You know, if, if there's a great sale at Target or something, you know, you can make money on, call your friends up in other areas and say, hey, can you pick these up for me? And, you know, I'll come by at some point once you get to so many of them and I'll pay you for them um, cost plus a little bit extra for for your time and, and energy. And then it's saving you the hassle of driving around, hitting up those stores and hoping that they're in stock. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. So I got to figure that out because there was a point in time in Q4 that I was, you know, using the Scotty peeler and removing tags. And I'm like, what am I doing? Mm. Like, I, I'm wasting so much time doing this. Uh, this is menial work. And so, yeah, definitely. I, I think for next time, I think I'll be in a better place. Um, I'm hoping I, I don't know how the economy is, but I'm, I'm hoping I'll be in a property where I could have like a shed that's separate from my home. Mm. And I could just have people there and just instead of, you know, it just I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I may still be in my condo by this time next year. Who knows? All right. So the other one is not sourcing earlier. And, and, and this is what I mean. So I felt that I left money on the table because I was trying to find the right mix of not losing money in storage. Like, you know, I didn't want to get in a second storage unit to store a bunch of stuff because that's going to cut, cut into my profit. Right. I also didn't want to send into Amazon because I didn't want to have to pay Amazon storage fees for items that weren't really going to sell till Q4. So I did buy a bunch of stuff and I stored it, but I didn't, I didn't buy stuff for Q4. Probably I, I'm pretty sure it was August when I started buying stuff for Q4 or in previous years, I was already, you know, like right now, this past January, there's a bunch of clearance sales at certain stores of 
items at the moment that they aren't probably the best thing to buy. But for example, like Legos, right? But I'm holding on to those Legos. I actually have Legos from the year before that I've held on to for this upcoming Q4 because they're going to be worth a lot more money. Mm. Right. And that that's a new thing for me. I've I've never been one to hold onto stuff, but I know that Legos go up in value and it actually panned out for me this year on, on a few Legos that I held up from the year before. And so I want to do that again, but I want to make sure that I'm sourcing and I'm not looking to flip stuff right away if it's something that I know that I can definitely get good money on Q4. Uh, because, you know, Amazon, you, you got to be careful, right? If you don't have the capital, you definitely don't want to hold on stuff. If you're using credit cards, you don't want to go into major debt and have your credit score decline. I showed on Instagram how my credit score dipped to, you know, the lower 700s and back to over 800 in like a month and a half because that's how crazy it is. The more you leverage of your credit, and and the longer you go without paying it, the worse your credit score gets. And you don't want to play that game starting in June. And so I definitely believe I need to source earlier so I can make more money later. It was it was really nice because the stuff I already sourced, all I did is when it came to the end of October, I just put it all in boxes and I shipped it out. You know, it's kind of nice to be able to say, hey, here's, you know, $5,000 profit that I didn't even have to source this month. I already had sourced before, but I should have sourced a lot more. So. Anyways, all right, lessons learned. Let's talk about eBay for a moment, okay? Now, you had some good sales, right? Yeah, um, and, and I see uh, the, the specific category we're talking about is um, eBay and Poshmark both. Um, it seems like the majority of the sales are going to be new with tag items. And I think mm -hmm. that's true. A lot of times on Poshmark for clothing, is you're going to get the higher value. Uh, you can sell a lot of used clothes. But yeah, when it's Christmas time, when, when people are getting gifts... Most of the time, people are going to be giving gifts that are, are new attacks, especially when you're talking about clothes or electronics or toys or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, I certainly saw an uptick in the items that I had that were sealed, new in box. Um, those are the types of items that were selling the most. However, even on eBay, um, there's certain things that are going to sell used during the holiday season, right? So Christmas decorations are a good example. We've talked about those a lot. Always have an uptick in sales on those. Uh, but even specific collectibles, right? So maybe uh, jackets that are for a sports team or uh, certain things like that, really unique gifts. People who collect certain things like, um, what are they? Carousel horses, right? Like that's oh, yeah, a big yeah. one. I know a lot of people are into carousel horses. Like the Mr. Christmas or the Department 56. Right. So if you find those, and, and not even necessarily Christmas ones, but just carousel horses in general, and you've got some good collectible ones, a lot of times those will sell around Christmas because people are buying them for their friends that have collections or for parents that have collections and they might be items you can't even get new. Uh, so the most of the sales are going to be the new with tag sales for sure. Uh, but don't forget that you can be looking for those unique things. And, and like I've even said, um, typing in and tagging things with white elephant which this year didn't work so well because uh, there were no offices elephant, doing yeah. white elephant gifts. Uh, but you'd be surprised that you can sell some random items and just put white elephant because people look when they're looking for white elephant gifts and you might be able to sell that random thing that you don't know what to do with, just tag it white elephant. Yeah, so my my, my scenario was a little different. So I want to say it was uh, early October, late September. For the first time ever, I was buying stuff on eBay to sell in Q4. Like I've, I never did that before. So for example, I went to Nordstrom Rack. I went to their clearance sale. I bought all kinds of stuff and well, more like all kinds of shoes and stuff. And 
I was kind of surprised, like nothing, nothing sold in the first month of after I sourced them in October, there was nothing. But once November, December hit, I, I only have like two or three pairs of shoes left from that sale. And it was a reminder to me again that Q4 is there might be some room, like Mike has said, for secondary items, but it is definitely new with tags. Right. People want to gift brand new things. And so. To me, it was it was definitely a lesson that worked well. I didn't have, you know, it wasn't like our first point about it was a loss. I, I didn't lose. I, I made a decent amount of money. I had mentioned about the uh, Pendleton blankets that I had picked up at off price stores uh, that, you know, I, I only have four left from what I paid. And so I still have one hundred sixty dollars tied up into those four blankets. But the other, I don't know, 10 to 20 that I sold didn't sell right away. They didn't sell when I sourced them back in late September or early October. Well, by the end of Q4, they were all sold, right? So just remember that, you know, if Q4 is coming and you're not big on Amazon, start looking in September and August for new attack stuff. A lot of toys that I sold on eBay, they were new toys, right? There are toys that I found at off-price store that were on clearance. Uh, one of them I shared as a hustle of the week that uh, Fisher-Price uh, Safari Habitat, what, I forget what it's called, uh, that I picked up for $17 on clearance and I was selling them for... 100 to 150 each. I only have one left, but made all kinds of profit on those. And so make sure you're aware that don't, you know, don't get, get stuck in this belief. Well, no, somebody's going to want to, you know, buy this thrifted item a gift. I think that's a smaller amount of the population. I, you know, and maybe that's changing, right? Maybe by this time next year, it'll be different as sustainability and thrifting becomes a bigger deal. Actually, the other day I was at a thrift store and I could tell by what the people were wearing that they were bougie. Like they, they had money. Yeah. So thrifting but, is becoming posh. Oh, it was. I was kind of thrown away. I, I, I mean, literally, I probably, this was the bigger store, you know, that big store we like going yeah. to. And I'm looking at like the kids' shoes and I'm looking at, at like the, the, you know, the watches that they had. I'm like, okay, this is thrifting. Mm. Like this is, this is not, these are not resellers. Right. And so who knows? It may be a big deal. I was, I was kind of shocked, though. Yeah. It was, I was impressed. So. All right. Next lesson. Traveling is key. Traveling is key. I, I, I can't even tell you. Uh, and obviously you didn't you didn't do a ton of traveling. Right. This no, Q4. I, I traveled summer, but I didn't travel Q4. OK. So when I mean traveling is key, let me let me list. I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. <laughs> but let me let me list. All the places I went to during Q4. Are you ready for this? This is going to take a little bit. Well, just um, we have an hour. So, <laughs> so if you guys want to uh, fast forward a couple of minutes, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so do it. All right. So wait, I got to go to source trip number one. I have a ton here. Do you see? All, that? <laughs> all right. This makes a very intriguing podcasting. But all way. right. Anyways, okay. So in California, I went to Foothill, Monrovia, Glendora, Eastland, Monticello, Fontana, Ontario, Upland, Roland Heights, Placentia, Fullerton, Santa Ana, Tustin, Orange, Irvine, Costa Mesa, Huntington, Seal Beach, Lakewood, Long Beach 1, Long Beach 2, Compton, Laguna Hills. And then it continued. Then I went to Elisa Vallejo, Mission Viejo, Tustin, Costa Mesa, Fountain Valley, Santa Ana, Orange, Anaheim, Buena Park, Long Beach, Cerritos, La Habra, Brea, Chino, Miro, Lima, Corona, Moreno Valley, Menifee, uh, Temecula. And then I went to Indio, La Quinta, Palm Desert, Eucolpa, Redland, San Bernardino, Riverside, Menifee, Marietta. And then I actually started going up north even more, which I don't even know if I can find these on here. Uh, here we go. Uh, Lompoc, Arroyo Grande, San City, Salinas, 
San Jose, Campbell, San Jose, Mountain View, San Jose, Milpitas, Fremont, Dublin, Danville, Tracy, Modesto, Atwater, Los Baños, Madera, Fresno, Fresno, Clovis, Hanford, Vizela, Porterville, Bakersfield. And then when I hit up Arizona, El Centro, Yuma, Avondale, Peoria, Phoenix, 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 Scottsdale, Mesa, Tampa, Phoenix, Gilbert, Casa Grande, Tucson, 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 Nogales, Sierra Vista, Viesta, and Flagstaff. Uh, and that's not even all of them. I've got stores in different area codes. <laughs> thank, thank area codes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine that uh, tax time will be good for you. Um, now, no, no mileage on those, though, because I was in my cargo van. Oof. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Cellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Cellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Cellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code PureHustle25. Now, I can't, I got hotel stays. I got meals and entertainment. Now, I think, I think, because, um, and I'm not a tax expert, so don't take this as any kind of. Yes, none of this is legal advice um, at all. Consult the CPA, please. Uh, but the, uh, I remember a lot of times you have the option of like when you're, it's like a company and you're getting reimbursed, it's yeah. either mileage or gas, right? So maybe because you were using a, uh, a work vehicle, right? You were renting a vehicle instead of getting that 51 cents or whatever it is, 57 cents per mile, you get, you can write off the, the gas instead. So that's kind of the trade-off. Yeah. I know then I, it's an expense. The gas is an expense. Yeah. I'll have to ask. I, I know I could, it's, it's either I, I, you know, I th I paid for the rental of the van. I paid a total of like fifteen hundred something, but I think the mileage would be more than that. Oh yeah, for by sure, by far, by far. So we'll have to see. I'm yeah, I'm not ready to see my tax person yet. <laughs> I've been trying to be ready. They actually they contacted me and they said, "Here's the link. Download documents as soon as you can." I'm like, "All right, I'll take care of that." But here's the thing: all that travel was worth it, right? There was one item that was selling anywhere from fifty to hundred and flipping for three to four hundred at its peak. And, you know, for me to drive two hours to pick up four of them, totally worth it. Mm. Totally worth it. Right. And so, I mean, it, it was, it was wild. I mean, there was times where I would go to central California and I would hit like three stores and I'd find nothing. I'm like, Oh no, a reseller has been here. Mm. And actually I do know that resellers were there because Reezy dropped a video on YouTube about heat lamps. You know, heat lamps were a major bolo during Q4. Really? Yeah, so you could buy, you know, those big heat lamps at restaurants. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because everybody's outside. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you buy them for 50 to 100 and sell them for like 300 bucks. So he was actually in the same towns that I was finding this item. Now, I, I didn't do any heat lamp action. I didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm not, I was in a cook group. I guess I was big. I missed out on a lot of money there. But had I not traveled, I would not have made as much money. Had I just stayed in San Diego or even if I had just stayed in L.A., I would have missed out because I remember when I hit the central areas of California, like Fresno, Vizalia, Los Banos. And then when I had gone to kind of the east side, we're over by like Palm Springs and Indio, like, you know, stuff became available. Now, 
there were also resellers there. So I may have gotten there before a reseller got there. I remember I shared the story about a reseller who uh, DM me while they saw me sourcing the item they were looking for and saying, you're taking, let me know what source you went to, right? That that very much can happen, right? You know, sometimes when, because I went to some stores, I drove like super, I remember I, I was in Hemet, California. And I'm like, hey, do you have any of these items? They're like, oh no, somebody yesterday picked them all up. I'm like, oh, I'm chasing somebody. So what you should do um, when it's you that gets the item first, we should have PSL podcast stickers that you put on the empty shelf and say PSL <laughs> podcast was here first. <laughs> That'd be Sorry. Great. There you go. So, but you know, like some items, when I drove down to, I didn't know like Nogales or Nogals. I don't know. You call it, no, I think it's Nogales and uh, Sierra Vista, which are in the South Arizona, almost into Mexico. Like there was product there, right? And uh, I don't know how many. Let us know in the comments. Are you from these some of these areas I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, did you Hit did you go well. in and were you like, hey, there's nothing here? Who was here? Because there are some parts. I remember one time I stayed in a, a certain town, and I drove two hours, and there was no, I for sure thought nobody's gonna be here. Cleaned out, mm. cleaned out. There was one toy I was looking for. Uh, and I'll just share this now. It was, uh, remember I shared with you the um, Five Nights at Freddy's? There were like mm -hmm. these, uh, the bear, the polar one, whatever, the gold, uh, and the blue one. Zero at any Walmart. After I shared that with you on when on my road trip, zero. So I showed Mike a whole box of these. Not, not a massive box, but kind of a smallish box. But there was like, I don't know, 10 or 20 in there. And I'm like, Mike, this is a bolo. I'm going to find these. And then the next day, probably hit like 20 Walmarts. Not, and they didn't have any of those anywhere. So it is what it is. So, but travel was key. If I did not travel, I would not have been able to get as many goods to sell. All right. The other one is you need to spend a lot of money. So, and you were conserving this time a little bit, right? In comparison to other Q4s. Yeah, I've gone bigger uh, the last couple of Q4s. This Q4, um, I just wanted to kind of see what eBay would do and uh, didn't really want to try the retail arbitrage. I kind of got disillusioned with uh, retail arbitrage with it's eBay. No, it's fine. Um, I mean, there's been a few things that we've done okay on. And I, I think looking back, it was better. It was better to get the little bit on eBay from retail arbitrage than nothing. Uh, but there was a, a this Q4, I was kind of like, man, it just wasn't worth it. And then now looking back, it's like, yeah, I could have used a little bit of extra cash uh, during that time frame. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe I do need to really take seriously the idea of starting Amazon, uh, and getting, try and get ungated in some things. The hard part is just the things, the niches that I'm already interested in and know about are the gated ones. So I'm going to have to find something that's totally different than what I'm already used to selling on eBay in order to try and slowly get ungated in those other things. Yeah, true, true, true. And, you know, this is something if if people were talking about this in Clubhouse, and I hate mentioning Clubhouse because I know not everybody has access to it, but you know, people are asking, is retail arbitrage dead? Is is it going away? And I gotta tell you, it's not even close. Like th this this Q4 is a perfect example of that because there was so many different options of things to pick up that were hot items, uh, that were definitely not 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 easy to find, but wasn't as difficult of a, at the time, you know, to spend. So one of the lessons I learned was I had to spend a lot of money, which I know I, I've, I've shared before, like I've dropped thousands, but I still I still he hesitate. Like I, I still have this fear. Like what if I dropped, you know, five thousand dollars and then I don't make that money back. Mm. Right. But 
I always say trust the process, especially on Amazon. If the algorithm, right, if if the rank shows it's a low rank and Keepa shows that Amazon has it in, hasn't had it in stock for a long time, chances are you're going to be good. And so one of the products that I made uh, over 50K on uh, during Q4, Amazon never had it in They still don't have it in stock. Never had it in stock. And the price tanking never happened. I think on that one product, everybody got the got the gist of it. Now, there were some people that, you know, were just, I don't know, for a reason, they're like, I'm going to sell mine quick. So they, they, they dropped it by like $100. Mm. And I was like, you know what? This is going to sell quick. I'm not even worried about it. Now, Amazon did jump on it for a moment as far as, but they never had it new. They always had the Amazon, it's the Amazon warehouse or Amazon like new. And usually those sell out pretty quick because they price it. Actually at one time, Amazon had their like new, it was cheaper than, no, no, they had their, yeah, they had their like new cheaper than their very good, Mm. which is like, is it bots that run these prices? Like, I don't even know what's going on there, but uh, yeah, just, just be careful about that. And again, if it's there, sometimes you got to drop that money. You got to make it happen. And you can't be part of the problem too, is there's a fear of um, when you're spending that kind of money of thinking everything has to be a home run. But the reality is if you buy 10 products and one or two of them are home runs and six of them or seven of them are doing okay, you're making five, 10% margin, maybe a little bit better. And then you have one or two that flop, you're still going to come out in the green, right? But if mm-hmm. you're only looking at one item, like I lost, you know, $500 on this item, or I lost a thousand dollars on this item. But if it's, if you've got multiple products that, that tends to be okay. I mean, even in, you know, something like baseball, if you're batting more than 500, you're doing pretty good. Right. So if you're winning more than you're losing, then losing on one or two items, isn't going to be the end of the world if you're diversified. So if you've got multiple products that you're picking up, so I guess that's an encouragement to spend a lot of money is to recognize if you're putting your eggs in multiple baskets, you're not you're not going too too thin, right? But you've got multiple streams coming in. As long as one or two of them do really well, then the others, even if you break even, you're going to be okay. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And here's the weird thing about this Q4 is one of the lessons I learned, and, and I'll share about this later. Is that I only had ten items I was sourcing. So in previous Q4s, I had. I don't know. It was whatever was going to make me money. So I, I'd walk into a Ross and anything that I could, you know, triple for the price on, I ended up sourcing. And sometimes it'd be one-offs. I had a lot of one-offs retail arbitrage. This time I kept it 10 and I said, these are the, these are the only 10. And the reason I did that is with the Clippers this past summer, I shared on the Clippers that, you know, all I did is go after the Clippers and it was very profitable for me. If I got distracted and I tried to find what other items in the store could make me money, I might have lost time. So this time I just had my list of, I don't even think it was 10. I think it was maybe five to seven items I picked up and that's all I sold. That's all I sold. I just I went to stores after store after store. Even if there were other profitable items in that store, I didn't pick them up. I didn't stop. Now I do have a couple of regrets on a couple of things I passed up on, but for the most part, I just kept focused because it saved me time. It was efficient. And the thing that helped me out the most was on Amazon. Amazon has this new uh, template where if you're sending the same of one item, I forget what it's called. I I can't pull it up right now. But if you're selling the same of one item, it's very simple. You basically just tell Amazon the next time you ship it to FBA, how many 
how many boxes of an item you're sending. So you tell, you set up the template and on the template you say, Hey, I send 10 of these in a box. And so next time you go to ship, you just say, I'm sending five boxes. That means you're sending out 50 and it's pretty easy. So that's all I did. I mean, I sent probably over a hundred boxes of a certain item. I knew that, you know, in each of these boxes, some of them I could only fit two and some of these boxes I could fit, you know, 20 of an item, but it was so streamlined. It was so easy instead of doing the one off, like, oh, I need to get inventory lab. I need to put together the shipment, which would take a lot of time. So I'm not saying that's for everybody, but you know, I've heard a lot and, you, and you'll watch older YouTube, Amazon videos where people are like, don't go deep on, on certain items. Make sure you go wide. Make sure you have a variety. I, I don't, I don't agree with that anymore. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm telling you this entire year with Amazon, I I've made it a priority that I'm not going to have a bunch of randomness that I'm sending into the warehouse because it takes a lot of time. Now, if you're starting off and you're doing used electronics and you're doing books and so on, and you're, you're not doing retail arbitrage, it's worth your time, right? Because if you send a printer that you got at the thrift for 10 and you sell it for two to 300, then it's worth your time. But if you know, you have 20 different items for retail arbitrage and you're only going to make $5 net on each one, having to scan it, having to label it, having to pack it, having to, you know, ship it, it's going to take you some time. So, and making your own hot list, uh, you know what I loved about making, I'm not trying to be braggadocious was when people would DM me like, what cook group are you in? Mm. I'm like, I'm not in any cook group. I just, I just felt, it's I, very hipster of you. Like, what? Like the, uh, the, I got it before it was cool. Or like, I do it without a, without a group. Well, like in a good way. Like I'm not, you know, it's it's not always a bad thing to do. Yeah. And, and there's some people I have to DM back because they were sending me stuff. They're like, hey, buddy, this is a hot item. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't want to mention I already sold a hundred of those by the time they messaged me. But this is how you do it. You have to be old school. You go into the stores and I, I'm serious. I would spend a day, six to eight hours scanning items at every single, not every single store, but every single different store. So I'd go to a Walmart and I go to a Target and I go to the Ross and I go to the TG Maxx and I would just spend an hour or two and I would scan and I would scan and I would scan and I would scan. And then I develop my hot list. And I know some people have been asking us, are we going to have a leads list? Ah, it's up in the air. We'll see. Wonder what the uh, the workers think. They're like, man, this guy's been in my department for the last six hours. Should I call security? They, they know what's up now. They know enough. I mean, I've shared before how the employees are like, oh yeah, this is a. I looked this up on Amazon. I know it sells for a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, if you could, if you're able to make your own hot list, I'm not against cook groups. There's a lot of people that made tons of money from cook groups doing a lot less work than I did. But I, I felt that like on one listing. And never got above 30 on that listing. And the net profit on that was one of $200 easy every single time. So there are lessons learned. All right. Hey, we're going to get to our hustle of the week. But before we do that, I got to talk about a few things. You know, the other day I got a comment uh, from somebody on Instagram said, that's the longest I've ever seen your hair. And I was like, you had it oh. grown. I will. I, I didn't use my school shaver that day. So I thought, you know, it's time to school shaver it up. And so <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. And so the next day, use the school shaver and it was pretty easy. Within five minutes, I was able to take care of stuff. Q4, when I was on the road, it was really easy to take my school shaver and have that clean look. And so Mike and I, you know, one of our sponsors, School Shaver, and we strongly recommend if you're looking to take something on the road that can shave your head easily, or if you're ever late, let's say you got to go to a business meeting and you didn't have time to shave your head, you can take it in the car. And while you're driving, 
as long as you're safely driving, you can school shave your head and look pristine we're, for that business. We're not meeting. recommended uh, distracted driving, but we are recommended looking great with a shiny dome. There you go. So if you're in, in looking into getting one of these awesome devices, go to schoolshaver.com. Our promo code is pure, P-U-R-E, pure. Yeah. Also, buy me at coffee.com. Hey, every, you know, every couple of days we keep getting new members and we are grateful for that. Thank you to all of you that have given to buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. It helps to keep the podcast. Uh, Mike and I might be switching things up over the next few months. Uh, and part of that is because a lack of funding and part of that is maybe because we're going to get more funding. Right. It all ebbs and flows about how things go. So if if you want to say, hey, thank you, Pierce, the podcast for helping me out. You know, as a result of, of your help, we've been able to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands. I don't know. Yeah. Get messages every once in a while. It would be awesome if you could just say, hey, I want to help you guys out. Buy me a coffee dot com slash pure hustle for less than the cost of a coffee a month. You can help us grow our podcast. And uh, yeah, because we may be we may even be switching our podcast to servers if we need to here soon which is going to cost us some dough. Yeah. So we were, we were on a, a previous carrier and that might have to change. And so every single dollar would help us. All right. If you have any chance, we are Pierce, the podcast on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. We don't post in that order. We post in the order of uh, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Hey, I want to apologize. All of you, I've gotten messages. On, I've looked, I went on Facebook today. And it said, hey, I'm guessing you guys aren't answering anymore on Facebook. Mm. And I felt really bad. And I'm so sorry. It's just, it's it's been a lot with, with everything going on with Q4. And then on top of that, we're on all these platforms. We just joined Clubhouse. And so Clubhouse has been, you know, it, it's been a good waste of, not good waste of time. Can somebody be a good waste of time? Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So if you haven't had a chance, join us on Clubhouse. Uh, you know, if we get invites, we, you know, we'll let you guys know, but they go pretty quick. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of knowledge. So follow us on clubhouse and Twitter. We are pure hustle cast. And as always, you can leave us a phone call, which one of our hustle of the week is a phone call today. 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170. Shoot us an email, pure podcast at gmail.com. That's pure podcast at gmail.com. And as always, we are grateful for all the iTunes reviews. I believe we're at 390-ish. We'd love to get to 400 before January ends. That means it would just take less than 10 of you to go on there and do a review. It really would help us out with yeah, the algorithm. That's right. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. And I think uh, everybody else is ready, too, because this is one of the greatest parts of our show. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. Hustle time. All right. Our first hustle uh, comes from Mike. Hey, good name. Uh, IG handle at MK Frog Treasures. Love it. Long time listener. That's right. One. Yeah, I've seen him on a lot of uh, a lot of our shows. Yeah, commenting stuff. So that's great. Um, went to a garage sale and picked up a set of four vintage Catherine Briggs, a dictionary of British folk tales for one dollar. Sold on eBay for three hundred and ninety nine dollars plus shipping. What a oh way to start goodness. hustle of the week. Yeah, I'm. I just. That's it. Let's go home. Like I don't, I don't have anything that can top <laughs> I that. Can't, I can't think of the last time I've had a home run like that. Yeah, like, that a is one. a home run. And you know, Mike's been great. I, you know, I, I really appreciate his support of the, of the podcast. And you know, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me motivated to go back to garage sales, even though we haven't had any. I mean, we really haven't had any in a long time. Uh, so hey. Mike, really appreciate you sharing with us. Thank you for all the support. MK Frog Treasures on Instagram. He's also on Facebook. 
So sometimes he's one of those guys that goes, hey, I tried reaching you on Facebook, but I thought you probably would be on Instagram. So if you're not hearing from us on Facebook, hit us up on Instagram. So thanks so much, Mike. What a what a I, I mean, if you look at the books, they're they're multicolored books. That's what that's what kind of threw me off. Like they look kind of like Harry Potter ish. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I was kind of I was kind of interested in here. I, I know we don't have screen share here, but, you know. Kind of just interesting, oh, yeah. right? So if anything's bright, maybe, and it's his dictionary, maybe it's worth taking a look. Yeah. So anyways, all right. Thank you so much, Mike MK Frog Treasures. All right. So mine comes from Jeffrey IG handle at Bergside Finds. That's with G-H. Uh, and found a local deal on Facebook Marketplace. I got to tell you, that is the place to source right now. Yeah. Facebook and offer up. And so... Went on there, found seven new inbox keyboards for $40. Okay. For $40. Remember this. And then listed them on eBay. So sold all seven. These were Microsoft Elite Natural Keyboards. You ever seen those? They're like ergonomic. Yeah. Yep. Right. Really nice. Within two hours, sold all of them for $770 free ship. It's genius. See, that just goes to show that, um, like we've talked about, certain office things with so many people being home webcams, um, those types of keyboards. Oh, webcams are sold desks. out at Best Buy every time oh, yeah. I go. So those, those types of things are, are really hot right now. Uh, so I've, I even mentioned in a previous podcast of like um, dictating software. Those are going to be up and down depending on what you're getting. But, but anything where people are, they're used to doing something else and their job might have completely changed. They might not have needed to be in on the computer very much at all. Or maybe their office had the stuff that they wanted and now they're at home. Right. And it's like, I, I need to build my home office. So yeah, that's a, that's a great hustle and bolo. Yeah. So thank you so much, Jeffrey. IG handle Bergside finds. Hopefully I said that right. All right. Now we have a Google voice. Yeah. Which is so much better. You guys should call in more because, uh, then our listeners don't have to just listen to us, read it. You can tell us the story, which is going to be a lot better. So here we go. Hey guys, this is Joe, local reseller here in the San Diego area with you guys. Uh, Alondo, just want to give you a shout out for my hustle of the week. Uh, as soon as the podcast a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about the Flowbee. I put it in my offer up search engine and found one last week for $30, flipped it on eBay, sold within an hour for 185 plus wow. shipping. Thanks a lot, guys. Always enjoy listening. Have a great week. And that was local, which means that might have been a. That might have so, been that might have been uh, something you could have picked up. So what cracks me up? So when he left his voicemail, I didn't catch his first name. Did you catch his name? Uh, What's he on there? Jo- Joe. Joe. I think. I hope that was Joe. Joe or Joel. I can't. I couldn't tell when he spoke. But hey, thank you for calling. We're sorry uh, if we if we messed up your name. I I can't even. I couldn't tell in the transcript either. But uh, so it's funny because when I listen to this, I'm like, oh no, I failed. Because I shared this on the podcast, I very easily could have put that search on my local, on OfferUp yeah. and Facebook Marketplace, but he made it happen. That's right. He out-hustled you. $30 into $180. What did he say, in an hour? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Hey, hats off to you. Great job. Great work. Hey, let us know in the comments. If that's you, let us know. Cor- correct our, us and as far as your name goes. We want to make sure we, we call you out by the right name. That's so. right. But man, that is that is definitely a hustle. That's right. Hustled the hustlers. Yeah, we got we got hustled. <laughs> we did. So I wonder if Flobies are still hot. I think they're still hot. Yeah, I, I I can imagine not for long though. It's one of those like. Well, they're still a bolo though. Hmm. 
just a so usually you would pay 30 for a Floby and you could still sell it for about 100 180 wow like that's, that's pretty intense so nice work there seriously nice work Thank you for calling in. By the way, yeah, like Mike said, if you want to call these in, we'd love, rather play those because we love hearing from you guys. If you guys have questions, now, sometimes we don't get to them because they don't necessarily fit what we're talking about on the podcast, but we'd always love if you guys called in. So thank you to all of you that have called. All right. What's your hustle of the week? All right. So this is kind of cool, and I'm, I'm still not 100% sure how it's going to go yet. So I talked earlier last year, like summer of last year. I mentioned that there was a Kickstarter of something that I was kind of interested in. Okay. Uh, so it's in the board game genre, uh, kind of. It's it's not exactly a board game, but along that line. And there was just this amazing Kickstarter. And I get very interested in a lot of them. And I've Kickstarted a few games. But this one I saw and I'm like, this, there's no way. They're giving way too much away for the amount of money they're charging. Right? The, the, the kit was, the thing that you could get was $79. And okay. there was easily, my my thought is... I'm going to be able to sell this for $400, right? But I'm like, oh, this is scary because when you kickstart something, it's you pay the money up front and it could be six months, eight months, a year before you get the item, right? You don't know when you're going to get the item because they have to go through all the stuff. And I've been getting emails of um, that they're still working on getting their uh, the stuff in the cargo containers from China over to the United States. They've started planning for the UK and, and England, I think are going to start getting theirs in the next month and then... Uh, America, we still might be several months out before we get ours. Mm. But I looked up on um, eBay and already people are selling the pre-sell. So they're selling when this arrives, I'll ship it out to you. Wow. Which again, people don't know when it's going to come. And several of them have sold for $200 at that. And so my thought is once they actually come, they're in hand and people recognize what's out there and you can't get it at that price anymore because that's the other thing with Kickstarters. Some Kickstarters... Games like uh, Exploding Kittens and things like that end up in Target stores and you can always get them. Yep. But there's Kickstarter exclusives that you can only have you know, received if you got it when it was on a Kickstarter. But I, when I went to pay, so I, I ordered one and I went to pay and I saw that they allowed me to like add additional onto it. So I added a mm. second one on. I'm like, okay, do I want to do more? It's the next step up. I could have done a few more, but there was even a little discount if you did 10. So they had a, uh, a retailer um, option. And a lot of times on Kickstarters, there's a retailer option. So there's a minimum you have to order to get that discount. I'm like, do I do 10? I decided not to retailer do it. Retailer or reseller? So it's, it's, you have to have a resell license, but okay. basically it's, they're imagining it's going to end up in your store. Like you own a store and you're going to buy oh, them. Oh, retailer. Your, yeah. Okay. Sorry. What do you think I was saying? I thought you were saying retailer. I don't know. I'm off. Yeah. A retailer. My, my, it's my headphones. It's okay. My headphones. Um, so I didn't do the 10. I just ordered two, but where I'm stuck right now is, okay, if one of them sells for $400, I'd really like to keep the other one. Mm. Because I'm like, well, you know, I got it for free, plus I made a bunch of money. But then the other thing is, but if I could sell two of them for $400, yeah, I'd even $300. So I'm stuck in this place of, do I keep one for myself or do I sell them both? But if you've never thought about or considered Kickstarter as an option, if you, I mean, it's it's a little bit more like I would say uh, when you're investing, uh, the people who are like uh, the, what are they called? Angel investors, the people who mm -hmm. will come in on and buy a big portion of a company when it's first starting up. So that's kind of what you're doing when you do a Kickstarter because you have no idea whether there's going to be as much hype for this item afterwards because a lot of Kickstarters, they don't. But the nice thing is, is you can kind of tell based off of how many people are paying into it 
how much support there is behind the product. And it could be for anything, right? Like they do Kickstarters for for grilling utensils or for a new invention or new. And if they have a goal of we need $100,000 to make this product happen, and if you pay your $100, these are the things you'll get. And within a few days, if that 100000 goal has been far surpassed and they're already at like a million, you know, ooh, there's a lot of people wanting this mm-hmm. item. And a lot of times after an item is kickstarted, it, that's it, right? Or they might have offered special things. So um, consider looking at Kickstarter. It's a longer game and it's a little bit more risky. But I mean, if you have, I haven't looked it up, but I'm sure if you've got like the Kickstarter, the original Kickstarter of Exploding Kittens, a popular game that's now at Target with all of the Kickstarter exclusives, it might be worth some money. Yeah. No, I, I just talked to somebody that found something on Kickstarter. They supported it. They got the item. They didn't like it. And now they're going to list it and they're probably going to make 10 times the money they paid for it. Oh, yeah. Right. So you got to be careful. All right. So mine is, uh, you know, I always <laughs> we all love it when we're right. But so I, I, I don't know if I mentioned the Harley Hall I had a, w- a little ways ago. Mm-hmm. There's I bought like a bunch of embroidered shirts. I bought some jackets and so on. So the first item to sell, here's what happened. So what I've been doing lately is I've been listing to a global market. What I mean is, so I think there's a lot of buyers in the U.S., but I think the buyers that really have money are outside of the U.S. And what what I mean by that is all of my big purchases are always outside of the U.S. They're usually global shipping program, right? So they have the ability to pay the global shipping money. Shipping's not a big deal to them. I mean, I, I had mentioned, remember that one book, I sold a book for 20 bucks and they paid over $100 to get it shipped. And that's because I messed up on my dimensions. And they actually left me positive feedback, right? Didn't matter to them, right? Money was no issue. So I had these Harley embroidered shirts. So I had one that had a, a hula girl on there on, on, a, on a motorcycle and had Harley Davidson on. It had the palm trees. And it had all the aesthetics that, you know, people are looking for when it comes to a Hawaiian shirt and a, and a Harley shirt. It was super clean. It was nice. It was silk. And I didn't see it listed anywhere. And I, you know, some of these Harley shirts sometimes sell for like 50 to 60. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to list it for $125 because I think somebody international is going to buy it. Sure enough, somebody international paid full price and it was sold. And so I dropped 350 on all that Harley stuff. And with one sale, I've already paid a third of it off. Wow. Right. So definitely hustle the week for me on, on various in various ways one is the haul i still i'm going to all i need to do is sell two or three more things and i'm pretty sure those are going to sell in the next month and i'll be in the profit for everything else second is i listed not for the domestic market but i listed for the global market and it panned out now if the other shirts for sell for good money you know i'll make a post on instagram about hey all these i i listed because i was anticipating somebody outside of the us because here's the thing if you don't have access to stuff, you're willing to pay more for it, right? So if you can get into a certain field in reselling that you can source in the U.S. and people outside of the U.S. want it, you're going to be in a good place. So that is my hustle of the week. Nice. All right, let's get back now. Let's go to the wins now, right? We talked about the losses, lessons learned, and now the wins. Yeah. So, wow, I have kind of a repeat one. So we're going to skip that one. So we're going to go to, I didn't have to use anything extra this Q4. I thought that was a win. So, and I feel bad about this because if you've listened to our previous episodes or you're a new seller, I talk about using inventory lab. I talk about using a scanner. I talk about how a repricer is a game changer. I didn't use any of those this Q4. 
I didn't use bare it. bones. It was bare bones. I went back to the basics. And I, like I said, I made 75% more money not using any of those. And on top of that, I saved money. So I didn't spend money on Inventory Lab. The only reason I used Inventory Lab in the very beginning, like in October, was because I had a hodgepodge of all these one-off retail arbitrage things. And I just felt it would have been easier to put together a shipment through Inventory Lab than through Amazon. I didn't use a repricer. Why didn't I use a repricer? I only had about 10 items that I sold over Q4 for profit. So it, was, it wasn't hard for me to track those items and make sure that my price was at a very competitive price. And the thing I learned too was lowest price doesn't get you the buy box. So I had some items. There was one item that was selling for close to, some people were trying to sell it for 200 and 200 something dollars. And I listed it at 300 with some other people and mine kept consistently selling for 300. Yeah. One person mentioned in the comments, I think they're probably right, is part of it might be geographic location. Yeah. Right. So, so Amazon is going to put whoever's going to get the item in two days. So somebody might have it cheaper or further, but they're not even going to show it to the customer if they're looking for prime. Correct. Correct. I mean, I, I, I can't remember how many times I was like, I need to drop the price. I need to drop the price. And I don't know where I would get the merchant fulfilled sale thing that happened. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. I am not dropping this price. And I probably lost money early, early November, late October, because I was kind of worried that I didn't have the lowest price, I'm going to end up holding on to this. I could have just kept it at the price it was, and I would have sold through it. I know somebody that was at the top of all the prices, and I was looking at using the how many uh, Chrome extension. You can see how many of an item people have for sale on Amazon, and that person's number kept going down and down and down and down, and they never changed the price. I didn't use a scanner in the beginning. I used a scanner to just do the research, but once I was out there, I didn't, I didn't use a scanner. So, so anyways, you don't need all these tools. I think if you want to level up, some people may say so. And some people are going to be upset about this too. I didn't label all, I didn't label all my items. I let Amazon, I actually paid Amazon 30 cents per item to label. And uh, it saved me so much time. And yeah, maybe it got commingled. I don't know, but I didn't have any problems. My return rate is less than 1% right now, which is crazy. It's good. On That's Amazon, awesome. it's crazy. I've, I, you know, I had a good amount of sales. I had no more than, I think, $1,400 on, in sales on Amazon. Wow. Which is nuts. Ah. Just absolutely nuts. So, and now it is January uh, 20, 25th and it's going to be 29th when this drops. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get destroyed yeah, in four it's days. It's coming. It's coming. I hope not. All right. Is it really 33 degrees right now in San Diego? Yeah. That's it bad. is cold. It is. I was gonna, we were gonna wear our jacket. I was gonna wear my jacket, but I remember that one episode we looked like we were freezing, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do that again. All right. The other thing, merchant fulfilled. So, Mike, this is what I want to encourage you on to do merchant fulfilled. Like, if you start anywhere on Amazon, start with merchant fulfilled. It's like eBay, but it's Amazon. But uh, you're still dealing with gating issues. You're still dealing with the gating issues, but you know, I, I'll give you the distributor, and you just order stuff, and hopefully, you get ungated. Uh, but here, here's the thing. There's still stuff that's ungated that you can make money on. If you ever follow Amazing Taste Store on Instagram, she talks about this all the time where she, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of scanning, but they are out there. But this is why I wanted to talk about the wins. So I had shared before on Q4 how by December 10th, I was done. 
I didn't ship anything out. I didn't do anything more. This year, I decided to go sourcing and do Merchant Fulfilled from December 10th through the 20th. And I made another $5,000 during that time. Right? So over, was that 10 days? So what is that? It's a good amount of money yeah. or each day, right? Five. I'm trying to do a thousand a day. Not a thousand. No, I'm not 500 a day. Right? It's not bad. Right? And it didn't take a lot of work. I mean, there was one time where I took like a, remember I shared on the podcast, I went, that's when I went to Arizona for three days. Mm-hmm. On the Arizona trip, I made about $2,000. Right? So I could have left money behind. I could have not made that call, but I definitely remember this now because the ability to be ungated to do merchant fulfilled during Q4 happens between August and September. And then they close the door in September and you can't do any merchant fulfilled. So remember that, you know, take a mental note now that you want to be merchant fulfilled for the next Q4. Do you have anything else you wanted to add to that? No. Okay. I feel bad. I feel like I'm sharing a ton on this. Episode. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, Q4 and, and maybe this is the the part I can contribute. Um, if you're not Amazon, if you're not an Amazon seller, Q4 is one of those things where you can still make money. You can still do well on eBay. You can still do retail arbitrage. You can still do online arbitrage, uh, but not to the same extent. And so um, you can sometimes feel like, oh man, like the, the whole Q4 thing, like it doesn't, doesn't, apply to me as much, but you know, even people with garage sale stores on eBay are going to do better. Our sales oh, definitely go agreed. up. So you've got to keep listing. You've got to have as many items in your store as possible and recognize that this time of the year during the Q4 time, you're going to have more opportunities for sales. So you got to take advantage of it when you get that chance. hundred percent agree. I mean, all the ships rise. I mean, what, what, Q4 is insane. Again, this was Q4 during pandemic. We don't know where we're going to be yet. But as we said before, studies have shown that people's buying habits have, for the most part, changed permanently. Yeah. And we didn't mention in our last level up review, um, one of the things that he quoted was there is a study, there's it's there's a name for the effect. I can't remember what it is. But when somebody makes a purchase, they're more likely to make more purchases. Like mm. it, it causes oh, something see, yeah. in, in you when you buy something, that, that dopamine rush that you get when you purchase something. So that's why a lot of places will you know, offered things really cheap. If you're like on a vacation, it's like little cheap trinkets or, you know, your first drink or whatever it is, they, they have low prices for things to start with because once you do that first initial per- purchase, you're going to more likely to purchase more. So that kind of goes to that idea of the all ships rising during Q4 is once people start spending money, I mean, that's why charity donations go up too. Not, I mean, part of it is because of taxes, but reality is, I mean, I give a lot to charity. I give a lot to my church. I give a lot to Salvation Army. And when you do your taxes, it makes almost no difference, right? So unless mm. you're giving a lot, a lot, yeah. charity donations really don't make that much of a difference, but people give more because once people start spending and money starts flowing, they're more likely for it to continue to happen. Yeah. So I definitely believe that to happen. So the last one I wanted to share is I put almost doubled in my sales, but I wanted to be fair. That's why I'm saying 75% right now. If you include eBay, I did double my Q4 sales from last year to this year. Right. It kind of scares me for taxes, but it was nice. And he, here's what, here's the, here's the, I guess the moral to that story. I, I remember we had, we were hesitant in May, June, July. We're like, we don't know about this Q4. We don't know what's going to happen. And I kept saying, 
I got to live in the fact that I'm a full-time reseller, so I have no options. I have to go all in. I have to go all out. I can't have any regrets about this Q4. And I, and I don't. I don't have any regrets. I don't have regrets over the time I spent. I don't have regrets over the money I spent. Um, do I have things I wish I didn't buy? Sure, I do. But they're not regrets. Regrets are something that like continue bothering you. And I walked out of this Q4 better financially. Uh, I understand what I need to do for next Q4 even better. I think I'm way more equipped for Q4 than I've ever been. And I have no regrets. So one of the takeaways from Q4 is as you're ramping things up, and right now it's January, but let's say you listen to this episode again in late July, in August. Remember, you want to make this Q4 the best Q4 you've ever had. You don't want to hold back. You want to go all in, especially if you're full-time. What other options do you have, right? You can hold steady, but if you're losing out on money, you're going to regret that come January, February, and I don't want you to regret that. And and some people that are a little more conservative with their money would say, hey, you know, maybe it's better to not go all in. I, I don't know. I, I, w- I went all in. I would have bought more. I would have spent three times the amount of money had the inventory been available for me to make that money. It just, the inventory was not there. So one of the things I got to figure out for this Q4 is how can I make more inventory available? And again, part of that is going to be having a team. So hopefully this helped you guys out, help you understand, you know, what are ways not to lose? What are ways to win? And what are some things to take into Q4 of 2021? And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.